1: Foundations. Could you imagine what it would have been like when you were diagnosed and then comes the horrible reality crashing down on you. You now have to leave your family, your job, your children, your home, everything, and you've got to go and join the rest of the lepers in the colony.
0: Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In this program, we're going to finish looking at the issue of leprosy, not only as a physical disease that was essentially a death sentence, but uh, leprosy as a sin and how the Messiah is connected to it and what Messiah was expected to do with leprosy when he came.
1: It's a very interesting thing. We mentioned last time that there was all these provisions in the scripture that basically said how a leper was to be treated. They You couldn't go near them and they had to be outside the camp. But at the same time, there was this understanding that when the Messiah came, he would actually spend his time with lepers, that he would heal them, he would bandage them, he'd show compassion on them. So you you kind of have this contradiction. How on earth was the Messiah going to touch these people if nobody was allowed to touch these people? And And you can understand that nobody wanted to have anything to do with a leper because it could mean becoming mm. one.
0: Well, there's a lot of fear, I guess, associated with it, wasn't it? That, Absolutely. that you could be contaminated.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and could you imagine what it was like for the leper? Could you imagine what it would have been like when you were diagnosed? You suddenly had this, I don't know, infection on your skin or something and you've got to go and be diagnosed and then comes the horrible reality crashing down mm. on you. You now have to leave your family, your job, your children, your home, everything, and you've got to go and join the rest of the lepers in the colony watching them die Waiting for your turn, never seeing your family again. I mean, mm. horrible, awful. Yeah. And yet that's a picture of sin. Yeah, that's the picture of sin. Sin separates, it defiles, it corrupts, and eventually it takes your life, and that's devastation. Mm. you know, terrible, terrible, terrible. But then Jesus come. then we you know we we stopped and we looked at the fact that when Jesus came, he kind of turned this Levitical standard of how you treat a leper and turned it completely on its head. And he actually welcomed the lepers. He actually went and healed the lepers. Mm. But here's the very interesting thing about that. There was an expectation that when the Messiah came, there would be certain things that he would do, certain things or actions that he would perform or do that would identify who he was. One of them was that he would cure leprosy. Another would be that he would make a mute to speak and the other would he that he would heal the lame. And you read the Gospels, and it's full That's right. of those miracles. Yeah. He did that all the time.
0: Well, a lot of that uh, harkens back to the, the Messianic prophecies, but particularly Isaiah 35 refers to this, where it says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the mm-hmm. ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute Sing for joy. So that mentions quite a few of those things. You know what that reminds me of
1: when it says that the the lame would man would leap like a deer? I think of Peter and John yep. when they went into the temple yep. and the lame man was in there, prayed for him, and he was up leaping around. <laughs> yeah, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt, no, but it's, it's sort a good, of good reminder.
0: Of. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, Leviticus also talks about the provision for a leprous person. And I guess we see this when Jesus did heal the leper because he sent him to the priest to be cleansed or to be checked out by the priest and that's really what is happening here as well
1: now that's really interesting because yes there was provision that said that if a leper gets healed that he's to go and present himself that's all part of Moses law all of these rites and rituals that's exactly what Moses said if the leper wants to have proof of his cleansing he's got to go and show himself Or actually the priest would go out and meet with him he would then look and examine and if he was cleansed Then he would bring, you know, certain offerings, cedar and hyssop and a couple of birds and take (laughs) them in and make this offering and he would be cleansed. But the interesting thing is that there's no record. There is no record of any leper ever being healed in Israel. Now, it's true that Miriam was struck with leprosy by God as a judgment and then healed by God and Aaron was also guilty of the same sin that she'd committed but as the high priest he couldn't possibly have leprosy and maintain his position Um, and the only other healing of leprosy was Naaman but he was a Gentile Mm. he wasn't a Jew so he
0: wasn't subject to those laws as far as what he had to do
1: no not at all but the funny thing so therefore there's, there's no record of any Jew being healed by leprosy but that was going to be a characteristic, a striking characteristic of Messiah to identify him. Okay, so then you have um, Jesus comes and this is the, what you were referring to. He heals the lepers and he says, now go and show yourself to the priests and do what the law of Moses says you've got to do. Mm. So out of the blue, having never happened before, his lepers turn up at the temple. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. We've been healed.
1: And guess what?
0: Yeah.
1: And they're going to say, who what, 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 who, what, how, when? And they're going to identify, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, the guy who's out healing all these people, the ones you're hearing in the room, is him? He did it. He mm. healed me. Now, it's never happened in Israel's history before, and the religious leaders know that an identifying deed of the Messiah would be the healing of lepers, mm. isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is amazing. Not only that, but that also goes to you know confirming what we knew about all the miracles of the mute people speaking for the first time, blind people having their eyes opened, deaf people hearing for the first time, cripple people getting up and walking. Marry that with these lepers now being healed. Yeah. So those who were defiled, those who were ostracized, those who were rejected from society have now been made clean. There's this massive reversal. But it goes even further than that. Because if you look at the um, verse in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it talks about how he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. So... The fact that Jesus was this Messiah who, this clean, perfect, whole, pure, holy, high priest who would normally separate himself from anything unclean because he couldn't then go into God's presence if he was defiled, goes and literally hangs out with these people the lame, the broken, the deaf, the mute. You know, there was an understanding, a wrong, false understanding, and it actually still pervades much of the church today, and that is if you're healthy, if you're wealthy, if you're blessed, if you're prosperous, if you have good standing, good reputation, then that is evidence of the blessing of God. Mm. That was one of the reasons why the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders, would put on their robes and wear big phylacteries and they would say big prayers and they were all quite wealthy, well-to-do, lots of respect in the society. And that was, to them, evidence to the rest of the people that they were blessed of God, that God favoured them, that God Mm. chose them, that they were special. And remember when... The Pharisees or the religious leaders actually approached Jesus one time and they criticized him and said, You're hanging out with sinners. Jesus had to remind, you know, as though they are not, they're rejected by God, they're worth nothing. You should be hanging out with us, we're the elite. And he says, No, I came for the sick, the healthy don't need a doctor. And if you read uh, also Haggai two, thirteen 13 to 15, you read where God questioned the prophet about how something clean becomes unclean. And, and the prophet responds how he already knew that something becomes unclean after something unclean touches it, even if it was clean to start with. And right at the end of the last verse of chapter 2 of Haggai, after going through all of this stuff, God says, from this day on, I'm going to bless you. And he's talking about the defilement of his people, but he's going to bring them out of that. Now, we've talked before about the great exchange that Martin Luther said, mm. that our unrighteousness is exchanged for Christ's righteousness. And we're made clean and whole and acceptable. But what does that mean for Christ? Like I, I mentioned before, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, uh, 21, and that says that he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. He becomes this leper Messiah, Mm. innocent, but he becomes leprous. He becomes sin for us. He becomes unclean, and we become clean, acceptable, whole, holy, pure before God because of our leper Messiah.
0: And, of course, you can see much more about this in the notes. There's, uh, over the last couple of days, lots of notes that you can read online at vision.org.au slash foundations. Next time on the program, we're going to tackle the question of whether or not the Old Covenant is relevant in our day and age. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations.